Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live, building ideas on the same page. And see more of your team on screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I have a very exciting announcement to make. Please do not skip past this intro. This is super important. Please, please, please. Listen, everybody, I'm very excited. I have great news. My documentary, Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics, will be premiering at the Dances with Films Festival in Los Angeles on June 15th. That's a Friday at 5 o'clock at the famous Man's Chinese theater tickets are fifteen dollars this is the premiere of the film i've never done anything like this before uh i this is i've only done done stand-up i didn't know what i was getting myself into with this it was uh just you know an experiment someone approached me about making a documentary i thought what the heck i'll take a chance i'm sometimes not open-minded enough about possibilities i didn't know how this was going to turn out and I kind of have insecurities about seeing myself on the screen and, and, uh, how I'm being presented and that sort of thing. And I had no idea this is going to turn into a really lovely documentary that I'm very happy with. And I would so, I would appreciate your support so, so very much. If you know anyone in LA, please let them know. Check out Psychonautics at the Dances with Films Festival. Tickets will be on sale this Friday. That's May 18th, so probably already by the time you're listening to this. Um, so go on. I'll, I'll try to get everything up on my website as well at shanemoss.com. It's a, it's a 450 seat theater. Uh, I would love to, you know, it's a 5 p.m. show, which is maybe not the most ideal show in the world, but that's the way these festivals are. They show films all through the day and everything else. So I would love to see a packed theater of fans, of people curious about psychedelics, of people that just like documentaries. All the support is, uh, more than welcome. Uh, there's going to be a lot of industry there, a lot of potential distributors, uh, hopefully um, some sort of distribution deal that may come from this. And so it would really help to have a uh, a big and engaged audience there for me on June 15th. That's a Friday at 5 p.m. in Los Angeles at the famous Man's Chinese Theater Another special thing, I've, I've gone back and forth with you guys. I've tried to express, you know, how much of my life I'm willing to put into psychedelics and kind of feeling out, you know, uh, it's a really interesting, uh, topic and field. And, but there's also a lot of stigma attached and a lot of ways in which that can affect other aspects of my 
career and I kind of go back and forth with how much, uh, to put myself out there. I've had, I've had some rejection, some, uh, some projects that I thought were kind of no brainers that, that haven't panned out. That's just the way my career goes or my, my career, any career in the entertainment business goes. And, and so I, I wasn't really sure. Uh, and I did this trip to Jamaica and I thought I'd try to do a here we are retreat to Jamaica. And I wasn't sure going into it if I was going to like it or not. And I, it turns out that, um, I really, really found helping facil- facilitate people's experiences very fulfilling, getting to help people with integration and share just some of my, some of my experiences and, and insights, uh, and, and just to sit around with people chatting about, psychedelics and consciousness and perception and uh and these big ideas and very personal ideas and people people sharing their issues that they're going through in life was uh was unlike anything that I've experienced before and it was really really rewarding and so we're doing it looks like we're going to be doing another myco meditations retreat which we're going to be talking about today on the program. I, I bumped this up and made made a special episode to go along with the announcement of uh, the documentary Psychonaut, uh, Psychonautics being accepted into the uh, Dances with Films Festival. Uh, and I so I've decided to do another Jamaica retreat. I believe we're going to do it December 1st through December 9th. We just started, Eric and I, just started brainstorming this. I'm waiting to find out. Basically, the main constraint is uh, November. I believe I'm doing a, a UK tour, uh, both with the psychedelic show and doing regular stand up as well. And um, stand up as booking stand up is a lot of times very up in the air and nothing's confirmed. So none of it might happen, but it also might get pushed one way or another. So, uh, hoping to get that all firmed up really soon within a week or so. And I'll, I'll keep on announcing it on here and, and updating shanemoss.com for more information, but I would love to see a full retreat, uh, full of here we are fans. Uh, or, or even if you're not, uh, it's, it's not, there was other people that weren't familiar with me. Even if you aren't familiar, um, uh, people that you think might benefit, uh, uh, people that aren't familiar that you think might benefit from psilocybin are more than welcome. So please check it out. Check out the testimonials and everything on Michael Meditations. Direct people toward this podcast today as we get in depth into what a Michael Meditations psilocybin retreat looks like the kind of benefits that people have from this and what, uh, what me and the others are doing as facilitators. So enjoy today's episode and please spread the word for me about all of these things and email me with any questions, uh, and email Michael Meditations with any uh, specifically, um, if you have interest in the retreat, they'll do a really good job of answering, uh, specific questions that you have and, uh, following up with you and, and everything else. It's, uh, it's a really, really great deal. If there's a lot of vacations that you could take in life and, um, and I'm not saying they're better or worse or anything else, but this is, 
this is something that is truly re- unique and I believe that you will uh, remember for the rest of your life. It was it was such a joy to see see people. I mean, I had guests saying uh, at the retreat that they had uh, they had experienced one of the best evenings of their life on on the third uh, trip night, and so it's it's an amazing time. So think about it and check it out, and please spread the word for the film. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast, a very special edition coming to you from Jamaica. This is, uh, this is going to be the most different podcast I've done. This is, I've never done so many, uh, people at the same time. So that'll be fun and interesting. And, um, and we are fresh off of a, what was it? Eight day, eight, eight day, um, uh, psilocybin retreat. All of the guests, uh, just left. And, um, and so we're going to, uh, share all of their dar- deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets, uh, publicly. Actually, I was going to say this, um, beforehand and now I'll just say it now. We'll like bleep and edit out whatever, if anything like that actually, um, comes up. We'll uh, like bleep names or anything else if we need help remembering people. Um, but it was, uh, I came to this th- thing in, um, well, Eric Osborne has been on the podcast two times before. So, uh, so go back and listen to those if you want to, uh, start from the, uh, start from the beginning and understand all of what Myco Meditations is all about in Eric's backstory. And, uh, I'll have him kind of reintroduce himself, uh, for us in a minute for the, for the newcomers. You're just listening to this episode for the first time. So he can do a quick introduction of what he does. Uh, but I came to this retreat around Thanksgiving last year, had a wonderful time. I, I came with my girlfriend. I did some shows. I helped people. I had some, uh, listeners of the show come out. We, it was fantastic as, Many of you listeners know I am a, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, the, um, the potential of psychedelics and, uh, and mushrooms in particular. Mushrooms are my favorite. And it was amazing. And I, I thought, um, let's, let's try to do a here we are retreat, which is what just happened. And it was half here we are listeners and half, um, other, other folks as well. And, uh, and I was kind of on the fence. I've shared with you guys, I kind of go back and forth with how much, uh, I should, I should put into, um, doing psychedelic work and how much I should put into just doing other, uh, science related, uh, things and that sort of stuff. But I had a fantastic week and talked with Eric about it. And, uh, it, it just seems like, such an amazing thing to be on the ground floor of and it seems like an amazing opportunity for you guys the listener so we are uh this is i'm so excited that i'm just i had a a flash of inspiration today all the facilitators except one who left early were still around 
And I thought, let's get them all together and talk about what we do here and, and how everything went and what people can expect if they, if they come, uh, in December potentially, but, but we'll keep you, I'll keep you more informed in the future when we nail down the exact dates. And, um, and, and just what you can expect if you come, by the way, you don't have to come to a here we are retreat. If the time doesn't work out for you, if the time's better to come to another time, you can always go to mycomeditations.com and then you can see all sorts of testimonials and, and there's like past listeners that are here giving testimonials and all of that sort of thing. So you can do all sorts of research. Always do as much research as you can when exploring psychedelics. So quick to start off let's start let's do uh let's go around the horn and have everyone introduce themselves first eric osborne congratulations on yet another successful uh psilocybin retreat um it's it's amazing what you do here can you give uh for those of you that haven't heard past episodes they've never heard of what you do can you give listeners a little bit of an introduction uh sure yeah just uh Became interested in mycology in general about 20 years ago, and that um, quickly turned, you know, into an interest with psilocybin as well. Um, and I have been developing a relationship with mushrooms for uh, the past 20 years. I uh, started Michael Meditations uh, three, four years ago, um, and it has, in the last year and a half, really started taking off since the team has begun building around it. So uh, before we introduce the the other facilitators. Uh, when when we say facilitators, what are we talking about here? Why why do you have other uh why why not just uh have have me come down, me and you just feed each other a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> mushrooms and let people loose into the woods and figure it out for themselves? What what's the purpose? Uh, of we tried that at first and we lost a couple of guests, so <laughs> sure. it didn't seem to work out well. That model, no. Um, <clears throat> well, as you know, psychedelic work is uh is serious. Uh, when people approach psychedelics for therapeutic reasons, um, they're much more likely to have challenging experiences. The doses are higher. They're purposefully going to dig through their own psyche. So um, there's a lot of op- uh, opportunity <laughs> for uh, good and bad things or not, you know, not necessarily bad, but um, easy or more difficult uh, things to arise in the experience. And that's why it's extremely important to have someone with you especially if you're not seasoned with psilocybin or other psychedelics uh to to just basically a lot of people say hold the space um which is kind of a a vague term um but really it's just to be a support a physical uh, support if needed an emotional support if needed uh we try to run ratios of um one facilitator to three um dosers uh, so just, you know, that's really an overkill by the, I mean, is, I'm yeah. saying that in a good way, <laughs> yeah. but, but like you, you could save money, uh, and, right. and, ma- and make more of a profit by having mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. facilitators here. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been, uh, impressed and quite frankly, kind of shocked by how many, uh, facilitators you have per uh, it's a, You know, when I first started doing this work, I had a, um, a friend, I wouldn't really call them a client at that time, uh, who was doing some work with me and, uh, was with her and four other individuals. And she went and laid down her, in her tent, you know, I thought everything was cool. She ended up sneaking off to her car and driving off in the night and having a small wreck, not getting hurt, but, you know, caused a major disruption in my life, her life. And, uh, we cannot underestimate the, um, 
potential for things to go wrong in a psychedelic session. People are in very vulnerable states. Uh, they're exploring things that they maybe have consciously forgotten for decades or more. Uh, and when those things manifest in some experience within their own minds, it can be terrifying. Um, and it's really, really important to have support there for people. Yeah, you, you're like, uh, you've got the big Blink-182 concert coming up, and you're like, I've heard these mushrooms are an interesting drug. Then you gobble <laughs> a bunch of mushrooms, and you go to the Blink-182 or a more ridiculous band to see on, on <laughs> mushrooms, uh, maybe a Biebs concert. And, uh, and then you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, past childhood traumas start <laughs> bubbling up in your mind, and it's not the fun time that, that you had hoped. And, and this is... This is the sort of thing that uh, you're you're trying to avoid. Yeah, that's and an that, obviously and that, ridiculous example, but things like that happen. And they don't all just happen. The they don't just happen in those kind of uncontrolled situations. They can happen in in very controlled situations. So if you've got 15 people who are all on five to 10, 12 grams of mushrooms, I mean, we had one guy that got up into like 18, 19 grams this week, right? <laughs> The heroic dose is five grams. Quadruple hero. (laughs) That's the superpower dose. That's the superhero. Yeah. Yeah. He really shook it off, too. (laughs) It was pretty amazing how how he handles uh, the experience. He gets in there. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So, uh, so let's pass the mic around, um, to Mike, first of all. So all, all but one of the facilitators was here the last time I was here. So, uh, so now we're, we're, uh, we're becoming quite the family here. We have a new family member as well. But, uh, Mike, why don't you introduce, uh, yourself and give a, I loved hearing, I, I didn't know your story from the last time. I was, the last time I was here, I was hanging out with my lady a little bit more and just kind of trying to stay out of the facilitating position a little bit and be a little hands off and just do my shows and hang out with people and make people feel comfortable. And, and, uh, and so I wasn't, I wasn't around for, uh, all of the important, uh, integration and, and laying down kind of the groundwork of how things go, um, early on, like I was this time. And, and I loved hearing your story. Yeah. Cool. Like, uh, yeah, the one I met you at the November, December retreat in 2017, that was actually my first one coming along outside of t- attending Michael meditations as a guest. Cause I initially actually came down here in September of 2017 for my own treatment, seeking uh, improvements in my life. And what happened for me was just life-changing. And so I really, over the next couple months, me and Eric were started speaking about a potential partnership. And so that one I met you on was actually the one I was kind of getting a feel for my meditations as now uh, as a f- future facilitator and partner and seeing if it was really something I wanted to become a part of. So I was kind of more on the outskirts that time around. But yeah, here we are now. Uh, six months after that or so, and I'm one of the official partners of Michael Meditation. So I come down to per, the, pretty much all the retreats now as a facilitator and, uh, I help with our marketing and do some other managing stuff. But, um, yeah, my, uh, what brought me here to begin with is how Michael Meditations really changed my life. Cause uh, I'm 24 right now, but probably after, after high school, uh, I was really, really depressed for five years after that with, uh, varying levels of happiness and sadness throughout. But, uh, I was always, always trying to focus on something that would get me into a better state of mind, but I just really never found a thing that worked for me, whether that was a bunch of medications or, uh, different therapists, just nothing really 
hit the spot as I would have wanted it to. And it was just really, really frustrating. And throughout that time, I'd started experimenting with psychedelics and in particularly mushrooms. And just from the very first time I tried mushrooms, I just, they gave me so much insight into my personality and just what it means, what the layers of the human personality and mind really mean. And it was just so fascinating. And probably from my first moment on, it became my biggest interest. I was always reading about it. I was very up to date with research, but somehow it took me like three years to really go out of my way and look for a retreat or something where I could practice in a safe environment to do them. Because most of my experiences up until September were very recreational and um, very good experiences, also really, really horrifying experiences, which um, nonetheless horrifying or not, they were all always very educational and taught me a lot about what psychedelics are. And they were still really, really fascinating. And yeah, so August of last year came around and I really decided I want to see, get back into working seriously with mushrooms again. So I just Googled psilocybin retreat and micromeditations was the only thing I could find. And uh, got on the phone with Eric right away, pretty much, and talked a little bit about what it is, what he does in Jamaica, and how micro-meditation works. And I just knew Eric definitely knew his shit. And he, we shared a very similar thing where um, it's not overly like, um, it's not, it, we're not doing like any clinical work really here. It's very personalized work, but it's also not very, I'm quite skeptical of a lot of the more greater shaman type of stuff that often is involved with psychedelics and i kind of was looking for an in-between between the very clinical way of doing things and the the very more uh, liberal way of doing everything as well and um, me and eric kind of had a very similar mindset as to how mushrooms can be used for healing and so yeah i was i just jumped right on board and came down in september for a week-long private retreat and uh th the three experiences i had that week were truly life-changing and i from that point on, I really knew I wanted to get involved with the project some more. Awesome. And this this is the only game in town, isn't it? This is the only psilocybin retreat currently? Uh, there are a couple others that have started in recent months uh, in Holland, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, there are weekend retreats. Uh, yeah, what we're, what we're doing is significantly different. Um, and we can talk about all that later, you know. As a stand-up comedian, I often find myself taking pictures with people after shows, and I can now smile for the camera with confidence with my new Quip electric toothbrush, which packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. And guiding pulses alert me when it's time to switch sides, making brushing the right amount effortless. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering a new brush head every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named Time Magazine's Best Inventions of the Year, but Quip did. Find out yourself why. Now I don't just show my teeth while I'm smiling, I do it while I'm frowning as well. That's how much I like my teeth. Have you tried showing your teeth while you frown? It's a weird thing to do. Try it right now. And then get your new Quip for just $25. Starting at $25, you can go to getquip.com slash here we are right now. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip 
electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash here we are. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash here we are. So one of my favorite things about the way uh, that you have wisely selected facilitators is there's uh there's uh there's different genders and ages and uh different points of view and different training and uh and so uh with that my let's which one of you uh wants to go for let's get a let's throw a lady in there all right alex what what brings you here uh, and you're here for three treats in a row now and this was your or three retreats in a row and this is your first one hey how, what'd you think yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by how high people got in terms of dosages. And, <laughs> and I'd never seen, that was really quite amazing. And I'd never seen people sequentially using mushrooms. So it was just an amazing experience for me, really watching people's transformation from first dose, sort of where people were mainly around the, two to three grams and then up into like five sixes and then people would just like bring it on for the last one and go like eight ten twelve and yeah then then it was quite common that people would really break through on that third dose and very very have very positive experiences that was really beautiful i was surprised that uh, the first time i was here more people kind of broke through consistently by the second time and this time it took some people till the third one it took a a greater number of people till the third one and i was like oh boy you know psychedelics aren't for everybody and i was uh i was thinking there's maybe going to be a few this time that just didn't really get much out of the experience but that was not the case well that's actually exactly why i came for three retreats in a row because i really wanted to get a sense of the different retreats how different groups and energies uh, influence and different personality types influence how a retreat goes down because yeah i basically met eric at the beginning of february in mexico at a conference called crypto psychedelic which uh i don't know if you're aware but i think it was back in december some some psychedelic advocate donated about a million dollars worth of bitcoin to psychedelic research and i i believe that that conference was put on to sort of cross-pollinate the two inherently anarchistic (laughs) groups of individuals in the hope of hopefully more donations but yeah so that's where i met eric and the mushrooms really kind of threw us together in quite a peculiar way a lot of synchronicities came about and i don't know we were just talking for about two hours and at the end i was like i'm coming to jamaica and uh he kept checking in on me and being like are you still coming to jamaica over like march and april and i'm like yes nothing's changed i'm definitely coming and so my background is in western medicine and yeah i've experienced a lot of very sad psychiatric cases in the er where i was working for four years a lot of um, well, in England specifically where I was based, a lot of, um, I don't know how to say it, but a failures of the system in terms of psychiatric care and really seeing how society is creating a lot of mental health issues, just the way it's naturally evolved. And yeah, so it's been really f- exciting for me to realize that psilocybin is being recognized now and just the sheer amount of research that's that's starting up and is in progress right now is really exciting in terms of that and and yeah I mean just doing six weeks of psych was enough to just like really put me off psychiatry as a special as a speciality and um yeah I'm just excited to see what's going on here a lot of people are attending with um 
serious depression that's uh, resistant to medication, post-traumatic stress, and all these really, really ingrained, hardcore psychiatric conditions which can be treated sometimes almost miraculously with psilocybin. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not. We should yeah. put that up there as as well. They're not all. It's not always a magic bullet, and 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 there's so much work to do and everything else afterwards. And it doesn't. I mean, they they have been absolutely one of the most beneficial things in my entire life. But every time I say that, I have to go. Well, does it's not Disclaimer. always that's not always the Disclaimer. case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Ben. That's not always the case, but what I can say is that what I see is uh, people achieving in one week, maybe a few years of therapy. So that's uh, a big jump and that's a lot of help like for people to probably further their, the personal growth. Yeah. So yeah. that, uh, so what do you see? How you see people arriving here and how you see them leaving? That's a, that's a big change, like even physically, mentally, and for a therapist, there's something very rewarding. I'm very blessed to be here facilitating and helping people to grow. Yeah, there was a young guy here this week who was like, you know, shared, you know, he's, he's a little timid and insecure and everything and, and had some alcohol issues and reminded me very much of myself at his age and to see him through the course of, of the week really just like physically his like face change and start yeah, glowing, glowing at the was, end. Yeah, people glow at the amazing. end. Um, yeah. How did you, uh, how did you get into doing this work? How did you become a part of Michael Meditations? Ah, that's a long story, but uh, we I'm, have the time. <laughs> I'm working in psychedelics since many years. I'm I'm working in festival, doing uh, facilitating in festival for for um uh for um helping people having like. Uh, difficult time in festival uh so i just uh i've been like using also psychedelic for my personal use for many years and i moved to jamaica and just before moving i just google a retreat like like psychedelic retreat or a mushroom retreat and i just find my meditation and I was uh, at a certain time in my couple where we were needing therapy and we went just one year ago to the to the family retreat and luckily we came here and uh, met Eric because I think that's a big part of saving our marriage that have helped us a lot and before coming, I was also just thinking that that will be really the place where I should like come help because with all the background I was having, that was really the the job that I was wanting to do. Like helping people with uh, psilocybin was just like a dream that uh, not possible in other place. So. 
So that's how I end up here. Would you mind telling, just so the listeners understand your background in therapy? Um, okay. So I'm a holistic therapist. I'm doing counseling, Rogerian therapist. I'm also, um, uh, working, uh, doing like uh, transgenerational therapy. Um, also a sophrologist. I don't know if many of you know sophrology. It's uh, like basically meditation, like putting the body and mind in harmony. Um, at the moment, uh, writing a book about childhood trauma and, uh, and, uh, the, and sophrology. I can see here that uh, people, for example, having anxiety, it's like psilocybin is really helping. I, I see, I see the benefit of, uh, when, when I say that uh, one week uh, here can do few years of therapy, I'm really meaning it. That's helping people to really get to the bottom of, uh, the, what they have to deal with and showing what they have to and how they should be feeling what they should be feeling normally. And that's really helping people to grow. I, like you were saying before, that's not enough. They still need to work on themselves, but uh, that give them like a good direction to know where to work on and what to work on. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's have John introduce himself, and then we'll get the uh, the covers. <laughs> ben, Ben, for the I'm gonna I don't mean to embarrass you, but Ben Ben was so nervous about this because she's insecure about her English, which is fantastic, and you just knocked it out of the park as I knew you would, Ben. Um, <laughs> John, um, yeah, I. Um, like everyone else here, psychedelics um, have played a role, um, a large role in my life. Um, and when I first took them, they, I don't know, they really helped me to regain that childlike curiosity with the world. And I wanted to see more. I wanted to explore more. And they set me off traveling. And I spent a few years and foreign countries living and working um and then sometime last year um i i had uh, one experience in particular which made me really think that it's important and it's something i want to get more involved in and um uh and i was keeping a blog at the time about uh, my experiences, sharing my experiences and some information. Um, and I reached out to Eric. Um, uh, I was in, just interested in what he was doing here. Um, and we shared some uh, emails and then we started speaking on Skype. Um, we got on pretty well. And um, then, yeah, and then I came out last year um for the first time uh the last retreat you were at 
and yeah it's been it's been really rewarding working with the team here uh-huh. so you do you take a lot of photos and and, and then like people kind of keep up on a facebook group page and that sort of thing but you also for people that are up for it and willing at the end of the week you do um like some video testimonials which people can go to uh that was we we had a rather uh straight-laced uh guy on 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 this week and he was uh as i think everyone should um he was a good example of of doing the right kind of research he had found psilocybin and like yeah he's a business guy and found it and and like uh, the wall street journal or something like that some sort of article like that kept on seeing it popped up uh, popping up did some research we all we all have our things that we're working on and and uh and it was uh it, he's not the type of person that you'd think necessarily being um uh open-minded uh enough to try something like this mm. and him and his he his brought son. his son down and <laughs> and and one of the big reasons uh was he he saw a lot of the the testimonials from uh from some of the people talking about this retreat and i imagine there's a lot of people because of work reasons and not wanting you know them online talking about their drug retreat because of the ridiculous stigma involved and i mean this is like us trying to this is a wellness thing we're trying to better ourselves but it's i can't even i have family members that i can't describe any of this yeah there's a big stigma it's not for everyone but um yeah, it's nice to be able to do it because I think it's like a natural extension of what I wanted to do with the blog, which was to share experience yeah. and get information out there and share. And so before with the blog, it was just mine. But now I studied film um, at university. So it's um, it's nice to be able to use that skill to continue kind of in that same vein, you know, like getting information out there. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is my, <laughs> I mean, it's not my solitary drive. It's, it's wonderful to see, uh, people make progress. It's, it's wonderful to just have, I mean, I had a lot of fun this week as, as great to like meet interesting people from around the world and listeners and everything else. But I would say the biggest thing I'm interested in is just, getting as many different takes as possible on what the psychedelic experience feels like from their subjective experience and like what the hell is this stuff what what is going on why why does it work differently for different people why does it show so many uh why why does it seem to have so much positive potential do you have you had any uh have you had any testimonials where people are just like yeah it's kind of fun but i didn't there must be a few of those right um no uh not really no not not Uh, since john's been coming but we had a couple i can think about three people who uh you know on pretty high doses were just bored yeah yeah this is just not for me you know and that's totally great yeah so i mean out of out of x number of how many customers do you think around 150 in the last year and a half we've had uh yeah and only three of those people have said yeah it's just kind of so one out of 50 i mean i mean i think that uh i remember i remember the last retreat um you know some people having uh a wonderful time but at the uh like i I remember a guy from uh new zealand in particular that had a blast the whole time but um didn't uh you know left maybe not had had depression issues and 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 left maybe 
having hoped that more would have been resolved in uh, in that regard, but uh, but wasn't, or maybe well, it's even just like our superhero doser this week. You know, this guy. Right. I mean, he's got decades, decades of stuff that he's working through. So you just can't expect one, two, three, five, ten experiences to fix everything. Mm. It's obvious, and and even the individual you're referring to will say that he got benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But there are so many layers to each individual that sometimes it just takes a long time to peel them all back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mostly uh, have used mushrooms for my own depression, and it's not it's not every single time that I do them that it that it uh, helps necessarily. Yeah, like with mushrooms, it's sometimes you like having a trip. It's sometimes you have a trip and you have the first realization of something that you're completely unaware of that's been affecting you your whole life, and then you come out of the trip and now you're at least conscious of that issue, and then you go back into it, and then you kind of there's different levels to all it where you're you're learning things you're realizing things then that you go into the experience the next time and you're more so exploring them and then you keep kind of doing that and eventually you kind of piece it together where it all means bit by bit until you kindly finally get those trips that tend to be the one that gives you the relief of that issue but it, it's not by any means you, you would be pretty fortunate i think to go through the full full like spectrum of realizing some massive issue you've been completely unaware of your whole life and then completely relieving yourself of it in one trip i think that's kind of impossible but there's a there's it's goes to show that with like in therapy it doesn't work even half or quarterly as effective as that though i mean to say with you that over a couple of doses over a week you can work make significant gains through an issue that's haunted you your whole life is unlike anything else that exists in the world right now one of the interesting things about the retreat, I I, I don't know uh, I, how careful I how carefully I should be talking about this, but this is most people are going to go out if they're interested in this stuff and just go out and find uh, their their own mushrooms. But that's going to be there. There's going to be all sorts of you know worries about legal repercussions and not having connections and and uh, all sorts of barriers. Uh, there, but one of the, uh, the kind of interesting things about this is it's it's sort of uh, it's sort of like trip school uh, for for a lot of people. There's th- there was people with all sorts of there's people here that had a decent amount of psychedelic experience, and then there's people that were newcomers to it. I I don't even have a sense of uh, it was almost like fifty fifty because yeah, there's a had... lot of people that that maybe hadn't done it in twenty years right. Or... right. And you know I'd like to speak to that. Um, even individuals who have been working with psychedelics on their own for, uh, several years or, you know, decades, whatever the case, um, <clears throat> there's, there's something really valuable. It's like any, any type of, um, activity you go into. If you're, if you are with someone who has a lot of experience, then there are, there are small things that they can do to help you learn and grow quicker than you can on your own, mm-hmm. right? And then add on top of that the group dynamic where yeah. we start to see that we all tend to suffer from variations of very similar problems. Uh, so that group talk, the tripping in the group, the facilitators with all of the experience that they have um, just really makes for like the best opportunity for someone to really focus in, dive in, 
and clear out whatever it is they're trying to work through. And for newcomers, there's information about the history of this stuff. There's, there's, uh, if you come to my retreat, I, I have, uh, some, uh, within my comedy show, a little bit of history and some advice for bad trips and that sort of thing. And, but there's also uh, some of the mycology and how to cultivate and all of that kind of really valuable information, um, for, uh, for a lot of people. And, you know, like back to the group talk that Eric was talking yeah. about, like we had a guy share that he was sexually abused when he was like five or six years old and he had never shared that with yeah. his parents, his girlfriend, anybody right. in his whole life. Like if that's not inspiring you to learn some deep stuff about yourself that you have no clue about, I don't know what would. Like that's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, so why don't, why don't we talk about, um, because I might forget some things and, and please keep uh, like passing the mic around anytime you have like something to say. Um, but let's, let's talk about the structure of, of how this retreat went. So people, people showed up, some people a day early and stayed in Montego Bay, but you come out to, uh, this treasure beach, just a beautiful, uh, little paradise out in the, out in the Caribbean and, and, uh, lovely beaches and stuff around. And, and there's, uh, a home with, uh, that, that we stay at and do many of the, um, the trips and the meetings and everything that, that is, uh, there's this, we, we all get this lovely, uh, Jamaican mother for a week who cooks for us and, and, uh, and hangs out and, and has her, has her positive energy, but the but people come in and on, did they trip on the first day? The, the day first after, full day. The day after arrival. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So people came in the day after arrival and then, uh, and then we kind of gave some introductory stuff, um, before the first one. And then, uh, and then it, it, this, every retreat's going to be a little bit different, but, but for, uh, this one that I was a part of, we had the trip. And then the next day, uh, we all sat in a group and did integration work and everyone shared their experiences. The first one was a little more of like a dip in the toes in the water, kind of, um, giving people a sense of what this is going to feel like. And kind of the hope was, uh, to break up some of the anxiety and, and people would have kind of a pretty smooth first one, get a, get a taste of it and be able to go a little further in the following one. So the people that have, uh, some strong responses, even in the first, uh, the, the first night. And, and during, so we're basically in the ideal situation. We're all kind of sitting out in a, a big yard and with this, in this beautiful area and spread out. And some people have headphones and, and eye masks and, uh, and right around sunset. But the, I mean, the time is different each time, but, um, they, they dosed. And then there was, there was, uh, two or three, uh, facilitators that, that weren't doing anything, including myself. And then there was, there was two or three that were on, on small doses, kind of getting the, getting the feel for where everyone was at, which I, last time, um, I was in, in that position and you kind of, kind of tap into those spaces a little more. When I remember the first time I did ayahuasca, when I saw the shaman, like also drinking ayahuasca, I was like, well, that seems crazy. Shouldn't there be a sober person around? But once you, once you have more experience with this stuff, you kind of understand, um, why that is. And, uh, and Alex, in a moment, I actually want to ask you about some of, uh, some of the other psychedelic, your, what, what do you've been learning about those and your experiences? Um, and then, it, so the, then there's a day off. I, I did my, 
my psychedelic comedy show after the integration and uh, going around spending time on the beach, people having little bits of free time. And then the, uh, the second day kind of getting, uh, getting ready again. And Eric has presentations that he gives and then doing uh, a second larger dose. Uh, and, and then always afterwards, there's food all ready for you. Um, delicious homemade cooking. And then the next day, more, more integration. And, uh, and I think Ben, did you, when did you do, uh, Ben did some meditation work, kind of led everyone through some meditation exercises. I remember on uh, the last retreat, there was someone like doing um, art integration, having having people kind of draw some of the concepts that they were exploring. And then, uh, and I did uh, another comedy. I'm not sure I'll do three shows again next time, but um, this is how it went this time. And then there was the third massive dose and then the big integration. And that was like a three, three hours or so of everyone going. I mean, there was, there was amazing stories after <laughs> there, there was, it does, it does fly by. There's, there was good stories after all of them, but yeah. after the third one, every single person had so much, uh, to say. And, and the straight laced, uh, oil guy started sounding like a dirty hippie by the end. <laughs> he was like, Oh, that was a really good share. Like that was really, that was really powerful of you to, to share that. It was so amazing to see. Um, and then, and then there was there was two days of uh, of kind of integration afterwards with boat rides, going around, seeing crocodiles, doing rope swings, going out to a bar in the middle of the ocean, and just everyone being able to chat. I brought a bunch of board games and us hanging out and playing board games and that sort of thing. Uh, and I I loved the two days of integration afterwards i think is so valuable for people before going back but the two days also gives a buffer if there's like a weather thing in the future and and all, all the retreats have different days and different structures but that's that gives you a general gist of how it goes it wasn't uh it was a slightly different than the first one that i was at but but um but very similar uh alex you you've spent time doing uh, a number of of retreats for like ayahuasca and other, and you brought, uh, Cambo, uh, on, on this, on this trip too. So you never know what kind of bonuses you, you might, you might, uh, get coming along with this already incredible, not to like overly sell the sales pitch, but if it seems expensive to you in some way, I, I, it's not. It's like, the fact that it's including your accommodations and meals and all of these other things, like the mushrooms and the facilitators are almost free. Um, and, and, and I think it's quite a bargain. But on top of that, people, people also got, uh, <laughs> got, uh, burn themselves <laughs> with, with frog poison and Those throw poison. up everywhere. So that's, which, you know, we really want to sell this thing. So, so. that was a grateful yeah. and new addition. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what can I say? I just love poisoning people. <laughs> yeah. I think we ensnared seven newbies, a lot of whom had never heard of Cambo. So I think what's really beautiful is everyone coming here is really, uh, they're really looking for some big shifts to happen. So, uh, it was almost everyone in this retreat was like between jobs or thinking about exiting their job or like in some really uh, Transition, transitional, yeah. which I have always found the most benefit from mushrooms during mm. a transitional time. Uh, sorry to interrupt. 
No, that's all I was going to say. <laughs> oh, that's all you're going to what say? Else, what else do you want to no, know? No, no, I want to know. <laughs> I, I want to know because you have interest in these other, because everyone hears about these ayahuasca retreats now and, and, mm. uh, and you've, you've worked with 5MAO and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, yeah. If, if you can talk a little bit about any, like some of the main, if people are like, someone doesn't know a thing about psychedelics, like what's, what's kind of the difference if they're picking between retreats? Oh gosh. It's very, um, person dependent, what they're looking for, their previous psychedelic experience. Um, and yeah, then their community, sort of what kind of people they can go back to and get support from. Which is what's, it's a really nice aspect of this retreat actually, uh, that there are certain facilitators that offer psychic, um, uh, integration work afterwards, like Ben and Kathleen, Catherine, Kathleen from the last one. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's super important, but gosh, where do I start? It's, it's really difficult. It involves like about a good, really good, like hour long at least conversation with someone about what it is they're looking for, kind of how much time they've got on their hands. Um, just a natural disposition, what they feel safe doing. Like a lot of people, if you were to say, have an eight hour experience with ayahuasca, people would be like, Oh God. Whereas five MEO DMT seems a lot less committal. You just smoke that and half an hour later you're out of it. Um, but then you say, some people would say the other way around, like five MEO DMT is stronger than ayahuasca. So why would I like smoke that first? But I've met a lot of people for whom five MEO was their first psychedelic experience and they had a beautiful one. And so it's, everyone's so different yeah. i don't know i wouldn't know where to start it would be a very individual conversation yeah, with each person yeah, yeah. Uh, what about in terms of uh in terms of the retreat because I, ayahuasca retreats are kind of the same way that that you're doing multiple doses within a week right yeah and to be honest i don't know now as i, I hadn't really experienced really high doses of mushrooms until last year myself like i dabbled with mushrooms um earlier on at uni and then recreationally at festivals but never really ended up doing the massive doses and I really started to see in the last year how the higher doses are very similar to ayahuasca actually um so yeah it's actually hard for me to say which... when I first did ayahuasca I was like oh this just feels like mushrooms exactly to me. <laughs> it was very different the last time I did it but but uh, I've also had DMT-ish mushroom experiences mm -hmm, as mm. well. And yeah, I think now that ayahuasca is becoming very fashionable and it's like everyone and their dog seems to want to be drinking it on the weekend or whatever and go back into their lives. I don't know. It's um, it's the very classical sort of white westerner coming in and the consumerism and demand. And then now actually if you go into the local communities where these uh, substances come from, you'll find that there's issues with over-harvesting and uh, economic issues popping up, the kind of drug industries coming into these areas bringing opium and other substances prostitution i don't know like with rampant tourism emerging in some of these cultures and communities it's, it's actually really quite detrimental to a lot of them so mushrooms <laughs> uh disclaimer don't grow these at home can be grown at home <laughs> uh very easily and are actually very sustainable and very powerful healers so i mean yeah from what i witnessed myself in the mexican mushrooms last summer um where a lot of people ended up after the sort of 1960s uh time magazine article by george wasson about maria sabina the original mushroom shaman who really was the first that the West knew about mushrooms and their healing capacities. Yeah, that was a real kind of mess that happened after that. And now in these 
in these villages in the mountains in Mexico, uh, a lot of the communities, you'll find that the kids are bunking off school to go and pick mushrooms to actually sell to white foreigners for sort of three times the dose, uh, the, the amount they were a few years ago. Um, so they're not attaining education. No one's working in the coffee plantations because you can make so much more money selling drugs to white foreigners. And really the whole villages are sort of disintegrating. So, I mean, what I realized after, you know, being part of the problem last year, my own seeking was uh, really just find someone at home <laughs> and and take them at home with like a competent sitter or come to a retreat like this. And, you know, here we're growing, like Eric's been selecting the most incredible strains um, for, for years now and really, really beautiful medicine here. I was wondering if, uh, and, and Ben, maybe you can speak to this, but uh, both of you, I, I want to hear a female perspective um, because... One, there, there was a more diversity in the last retreat that I was on. I found out that, uh, <laughs> if, if, if this retreat is a census of my listeners, my <laughs> listeners are, uh, <laughs> are me. They are exactly me. They are, <laughs> they are straight, middle-aged white guys and not, uh, nothing against straight, middle-aged white guys. I'm super happy that they hey, we came. Had, we did but, have a gay man. Uh, we had a game, but he wasn't a here we are listener. True. But I was, uh, I really was hoping to see a little more diversity and more points of view, but there was, there was, uh, definitely the last retreat. Yeah. This was not was typical at. of our makeup. Usually we're, a, we're a, usually about 30% female. Yeah. It's generally more men and generally white men. And you're, and you're a white dude who's the face of the yeah. business yeah. too, you know, so that's, uh, but, but that's all. It would be wonderful to more, uh, more diversity would be so very, very welcome here if there's, uh, if there's, uh, people of color, females, other people of different ages. The last time there was a, uh, a lot of older people too, or several older people than this time around. Uh, um, but. Uh, so as a yeah. woman. Yeah. I can understand that women can think about it two time to come in a foreign country. Like where they don't really know what they're gonna expect and not gonna like probably be very vulnerable. So I understand that they can be a bit afraid, but that's important also that there is a balance in between like facilitator male and female that uh, this this is a very safe uh, environment very gentle and protective environment that uh, that we are in this country is safe that uh, just to reassure but i understand that that that, that maybe uh, ladies can be a bit scared but uh, yeah. So well, we had a couple last time too, and then I was here with my girlfriend, and that couple was awesome. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I think what a like awesome couple idea if you're in a couple yeah. in your life, especially to like work through some things. And uh, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what a trip! I mean, for me, I was with my girlfriend last time, and it was absolutely amazing and really reparative for our relationship. We have quite a few couples come. We got next this next week coming. We've got I think. One for sure, maybe two couples coming. Mm. So yeah, it's great to see. What were you going to say, Ben? I did really up for couple to be like working together uh, with mushroom. Mm. That's uh, yeah, definitely. Oh. In which way it's just like being more truthful to each other, 
to just like realize exactly like what's going on, like maybe for years and just suddenly just like be confronted to the reality. And maybe that's not that scary at mm. the end <laughs> that uh, what you discover. Yeah, the truth can be really uh, hard and scary, but oftentimes not as hard it's and scary as you think it's going to be. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think we're more scared that what we've got inside it, uh, what we really have. I think most people, that, that is very much articulating most people's view of, if, if, uh, even, even the, let's just say meditation. If I talk to some of my family members or something like that about meditation who've never tried it or it sounds like this like weird hippie thing and they ask what it is and, you know, I'm, I kind of talk about kind of it's a exploration of your inner world and you get to know yourself a little. I've heard so many people say something along the lines of like, well, you don't want to know what's in my brain. There's some, st there's some crazy stuff in there. I don't even want to see it. That, I think that's a very common, uh, all too common mentality in, in, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people. I believe in the power of the group. Mm -hmm. That the fact that we are coming in a group and that each other sharing what we think that is terrible just become much less terrible, even more when we hear it from somebody else having exactly the same issue as uh, we going through and that we don't want to disclose. Like suddenly, and that's what we've seen this retreat, that uh, the more people we're open to talk, the more yeah. people were feeling like that that's okay to share what I'm trying to hide. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was interesting for me. Not that I wasn't aware of, of, of this earlier that, that I maybe had a fairly privileged life, but I've, I've dealt with a lot of depression for a, a long time and I was an angry kid growing up. And to sit in these circles and hear people share their stories, I, I like, feeling a little foolish for like my mom wouldn't let me go out past nine o'clock when I was <laughs> nine years old <laughs> because people are really really uh, I mean people have gone through a lot and and you know something like this tends to uh, draw people that are seeking and and sometimes I mean there was a couple people here that were uh, one, one person in particular here that was just absolutely desperate has gone through how much treatment for depression, like, wasn't it like electromagnetic, the ECT, just all this, like, very, uh, intense, invasive, uh, every, he knew of every kind of medication that there was, cause he's been on all of them, and, and, uh, and so, uh, to, to hear that range of, of perspectives was so interesting. And yeah, we're dealing with like people who come here with such like a high need for something, like they've tried everything. It's like realistically, you sometimes may be dealing with like a life or death situation based on the results and takeaways here, which becomes so like counterintuitive in a way because you want to make sure that this person gets as much as possible from their tree, but you also know that it requires a lot of stepping back and faith that the mushrooms will do it for them and help them through it there's not really much we can do other than hope for the best but it's so it's so like it seems just so uh it's very hard to know that there's such realistic and 
the outcome could possibly be so bad, but you have to, you kind of have to step away and just know and hope for the best, really. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to go back and say something about yeah. people being probably more scared or scared about what they might dig up. Um, and it made me think about the older guy that you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah. He, he said like he, he was worried about what he might dig up and he came through. He, he was like, I'm going to quit my, I'm worried I'm going to quit my job. Right. He's like, I like my job and I love my wife and I'm uh-huh. worried. I, and my then, joke at the end was, you don't still love your wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd said, I think it was yeah. after the first or second, yeah. he, he'd said, and yeah, I realized that I do love my wife. And then at the end of it, he, he said he felt, he was worried that he would have to go through a terrible experience to or to go through something very yeah. terrible. And he talked about his final trip and he said he just felt love and he felt cared for and he felt gratitude. Um, so yeah, often is the case. People are really worried. I think it's natural with the stigma, the horror mm-hmm. stories, you know, people are like, oh, I'm going to lose my mind. But he's a perfect example of someone who's more straight laced, not coming from that kind of yeah. world who, who, yeah, he seemed to get a lot from it, and he he discovered that that it's like that quote. I don't know that the only thing you have to be scared of is fear itself, mm-hmm. you know, and it's often the case. I mean, even even without the stigma, there's still a lot of people showing up. Like, I'm gonna do the hard work and get in and explore all of my pain and all that. Right, and that's wonderful when it comes up. But I also I felt part of my role and what I was able to contribute here was to be like, yeah, don't force that. Let it happen when it happens, but. Uh, these experiences can also be some of the most fun, right. hilarious, Amazing, interesting, be- uh-huh. beautiful. Uh, right. I mean, I would, I don't think that, um, I know that I had zero appreciation for nature or any kind of scenic views before, um, mushrooms when I was 16 years old. I don't know. Maybe I would have grown into that without them, but I know it, uh, it definitely in, in terms yeah. of just appreciating, uh, every day walking around, uh, a park. Um, uh, I mean, there's no way I would have the same appreciation, uh, that I do without my psychedelic influence mm. can i i want to backtrack on just kind of it's more like clarify and i, I would disagree with what you said mike and i think that maybe the way you're saying it is what, what it's about but there is a lot actually that we can do to help people improve there is an enormous um a big part of stepping back yes and we can't we are not anyone's saviors we're not here to fix anybody um but having navigated the the psilocybin experience, particularly my work has been just strictly with psilocybin. I've done smell and whatnot, but you know, I've been working with mushrooms for very intimately for 20 years. Uh, and I, I know that, um, well-timed words, questions, um, just physical energetic support, people knowing that you are there for them and being on their side. So many people, even like the gentleman you mentioned who had tried everything, right? Basically, he's been, he has been rejected the entirety of his life. He goes into therapists, he goes into social situations, and he has not been accepted. He has not felt loved. He has not felt a part of the community. And this guy was such, such an empathetic person, such a compassionate, kind, caring person. And also quiet and introverted. And quiet and introverted. And, you know, there was one point in his in his session or his trip uh, that 
I just expressed something to him that I know had a massive impact, you know, and I'm not taking like trying to say that like credit for anything. Um, but I know that there are very gentle and subtle ways that we can really help people get themselves to that place of healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yes, we do have to just kind of let go at a certain point, but there's, there's just so much that we can do. Well, there's so many different ways of looking at it. There's so many different approaches. There's so many different techniques. Uh, and, and this is part of what I love about the diversity of the facilitators in part. I mean, I, I show up in, in part of the reason why I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be hands off the first time in terms of like, uh, facilitate, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a, you know, I don't feel like taking, the liability of it. but now this time i understood um kind of the value and what my point of view could be and i was able to get some laughs out of people and relieve a little tension i i have uh uh you know not that great of an understanding but a fascination from things from a neuroscience and evolutionary psychology point of view that was useful for some people and the reason why i bring it up is because i want to go back to uh, to you too late. I mean, a big, a big part of this, uh, a big part of this project, uh, this, this podcast, um, for the listeners that haven't picked up on this is, is, uh, one of my side missions is to try to understand everything about women that I possibly can. And I have a long, <laughs> I have a, I have a long that's ways side to go. Project. Yeah. That's a side project of mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck is right. I, 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 I'm, I'm treading water at best. Um, but I want to, I want to go back to it because I find that the female experience of uh, the female psychedelic experience can sometimes be different. We talk a lot about gender differences on the podcast and, and the, you know, we go back and forth with how relevant they are and, and uh, how much they should even be brought up and uh, whether this is culture or genetics or whatever. But, but, um, Ben, why are you so uncomfortable? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You're, you're like, uh, okay. Uh, see, this is me not understanding women. I'm making them uncomfortable right now. But I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm so, I'm just so curious from, uh, from a female point of view because I heard you earlier in the week, Alex, uh, you mentioned, um, you, you know, some, sometimes more masculine approaches to understanding ourselves and therapies and females coming from, um, slightly different uh, perspectives and I was just uh, wondering if you had some input on on how that experience can be can be different between genders or or even the value of having um like what what a female facilitator can offer I got, you're passing the mic is just is this just the worst question I could have possibly <laughs> asked you're you're shaking your head yes okay we can incarnate the mother Mm-hmm. I think that the loving mother, I think that's probably easier for a woman to, and it's, yeah, I think that like it's, it's a time where people are going to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So that we can have this figure of, of the mother that I, I yeah, that well, yeah. as, as a facilitator. Yeah. Yeah, like there was this one moment on the uh, third night we were all tripping where um, a 
the guy assisted asked for uh, Alex, so I went over, grabbed her, and went back with her. And he wanted to share this uh, moment on his um, trip where he'd encountered this baby, and he was someone who'd expressed sort of like uh, intimacy issues with women. Like he maybe was he wasn't where he wanted to be with getting close to women. And on his trip, he had this experience of a baby being just lovingly caressed by its mother and everything, and he just wanted to share that and like. He like, and Alex came in so perfectly for it. And she, she like put his head on his chest and like patted his chest. And in that moment, there was just nothing I could have offered because you That's need that, saying, you need that motherly like feel there just, as well. It, I mean, yeah, it's, it's noticeable. Uh, and, and it's very, very interesting. And I think this is one of the main reasons I bring it up is this is just one more like list of of pros and cons of coming here and and thank you mike for helping me uh understand women <laughs> better because they're clearly not willing to volunteer information about themselves okay alex you don't want to learn you're, from you're me ready you're ready to share now yeah psychedelics are wonderful because it helps us get in touch with our feelings and our emotions yeah. i think we live in the Western reductionist scientific where this is the prized aspect, logical, rational mindset. Right. And, and then therefore we're so in our minds and we're so into like understanding things, which in archetypal realms, which is another thing that mushrooms yeah. take us back to that, that mode of consciousness, that aspect of the evolution of consciousness as Dan Wilbur explains it so beautifully. Um, yeah, it takes us, it takes us to this archetype of the magician and it's very, um, analytical and, and understanding and really like, Actually, it's the mind associated with the, with the bigger aspect of the ego, which is getting in the way of, of us, of so many of us living life, just being in life, being alive, feeling life, moving with sort of the days and the emotions. Instead, we're, we're sort of reserving ourselves up into our minds. And, and with these psychedelics, we're suddenly sort of blasted into deep into the emotional realms of our subconscious mind. And, and yeah, for sure there, it's very useful to have women facilitators hanging around who can kind of, because I, I think what was so cute, Mike, was when you, you came to get me and he was like, I just want a mother, you know, uh, and, and, and you were there and you were like, yes. And you were like, patting his chest like manly, like that, that. offering yes. absolutely nothing <laughs> yes it was, i was just like you know, gentle strokes and yeah it's that it's just something there's something very specific about a feminine energy and 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 ben completely agreeing with what you said about the mother and the mother energy but but the woman is all of it she's the whore the mother the sister the you know and we can as facilitators need to be able to be called upon to sort of um embody that archetype for someone within their experience so that they can act out or understand or have that closure or completeness of a perhaps a traumatic experience earlier on in life but as as the client um as the participant was was needing as as he'd regressed back to a baby was needing someone to give all the love that he felt that the baby had to someone to the mother in this case and so when you step in and provide that that energy for them to be able to connect with it's profoundly healing often yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I, I, I have friends that work in the, on the MDMA trials as well, and they, they always have a male and female, uh, therapist there. And often people will project their brother and sister or mother and father on, onto them. And it's a really interesting part, um, of the experience. Uh, like Alex is talking about archetype, um, I think that uh, the mushroom will help to go to one archetype as the inner child, mm -hmm. and that's 
the archetype the, is like buried in our unconscious. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's scary sometimes to, to, to go down there. And that's uh, often the, the archetype that uh, we have uh, disowned that from that we have pushed away our true self. And this, this little inner child is vulnerable. So that's where the mother, the archetype of the mother can come and, and help, help him to just like the loving mother, I will say that can come and be like, um, welcome. (laughs) And one of the perks of uh, doing this work is in between time, sometimes the days in between or just time off in between retreats, between days of of sessions or retreats, sometimes we get to dose for ourselves. And I know Ben has filled like a motherly role very heavily for me in a couple of my experiences where... I have been brought up to very, very high highs and brought down to very low lows and like pretty much been brought back to like the point of being like a child. And she's kind of just sat there with me multiple times and let me be a vulnerable little boy again. And it's, it helped a lot of my experiences. I don't know what maybe would have came out of that if I didn't have that at the time. Can I just stop to say what a great question I was asking? It was a no good one question. Appreciated until now. <laughs> L- learning okay, lots good, here. Good. good. Learning uh, lots. Got there eventually. <laughs> we did. Another another participant that was really interesting this week was working a lot with um, uh, the objectification of women. Women that yeah. he had understood and perceived in himself following right. one of the first two trips. So right. I think also it's really healing for men in that space with women present to really feel the maternal energy or those different energies when, when like, I can't remember who, who it was who was saying it, but women are used in society to sell stuff through sex, through sexuality. They're objectified everywhere, naked billboards everywhere. And it, yeah, like, in fact, challenge any man to grow up and not be objectifying women to some degree and mm-hmm. to some to a very um, destructive degree where they can't actually relate to women in a natural way, mm-hmm. in a respectful way. No. So that's really beautiful. What about men? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, the reason why I ask is because, I, you know, I come... And I'm I, like everyone's very different, and I know, I certainly have tons of male friends in the psychedelic community that are way more toward like the new agey ish woohooier side of things. Not I don't mean to. There's got to be a better way of saying that without sounding condescending, because they're people that I like really uh, value and respect. But um you, you know, I mean, you've heard me talk about DMT. I have these experiences and then I sit there and analyze and try to like logic away <laughs> the experience and, and, and analytical about here's what's maybe happening in these neural loops. And, and, uh, rather than taking it as, you know, Ben, you and I have talked about this week where you're like, have you just considered that maybe these experiences are real like what your experience is just a real thing and i'm i have a hard time i have a harder time accepting that and i'd say i'm not uh a terribly manly man and i don't know i guess there's gradients but i compared I to feel me like i've always <laughs> well compared to you john i mean come on but um but i mean we do have uh, we do have magic mike over here who yeah, balances it, does, it out. Yeah, it does look uh, like a male stripper as he, has, <laughs> as he has a nipple hanging out of his wife, Peter. It's a right good now. shirt for Jamaica. It's very arable. 
Breeze well. I mean, I I like to, you know, I I I've gone back and forth with uh, you know, I have things where I I put women on pedestals my whole I wasn't allowed to talk to girls growing up. Like my my family was like that was they did everything they could to keep me away from girls and that's like bad to like talk to girls. Why? They, they didn't want to have like um, my mom had a sex talk with me when I was 21 years old, I think. Uh, it was just like <laughs> Maybe. very, very like well-meaning, but like wholesome Midwestern folks that like, uh, you know, the idea of cooties and stuff was, was, uh, meant to be like driven into us until That's... A, a, a pretty late stage in, in life. And I was always like scared and of girls didn't know how to like approach them or talk right. to them. And so I just like built, built it up so uh much in my my head um but uh, i didn't know that about you that's actually very yeah. similar to me is uh same thing both of my parents came from europe when they were younger and just growing up i had like the most traditional upraising ever it was just uh all about school i wasn't allowed to date even though i probably i could have had a pretty fun time in high school had i had a little more freedom freedom that way and same kind of thing until i turned like 18 i really never gave any serious thought to um building relationships with women and as a guy you you watch porn over the years and obviously all the stuff you see through movies speak for yourself dude why do you gotta blow up our spot <laughs> and between that and all like the endless instagram models you can find um that actually reminds me of this lsd trip i had one time where i had this vision of a woman and it was it represented how i viewed women and she was in this like weird contorted like way like with her body and like some weird like how she was offering herself to me sexually but it was just not like she was like upside down with her like knees over the shoulders and i looked at her and i was just like why are you like this like like come here and like relax and i like tried to i like became embracing of it again and like tried to nurture her lovingly again and it was like what did this like reflect as some sort of uh interpretation internally that i've had towards women for so long where it's just like yeah in a sense very objectifying and very like pornographic yeah <laughs> yeah why do i smoke dmt and see a sexy a purple a woman that i know very well and i can't tell if like we dated in some other universe or if she's like family or something like that like i can't tell one way or another what it is or what she represents or if it's just all females or or like my idea of the perfect woman or something like that and why purple if it's uh but um we need to start uh wrapping up sometime soon we'll, we'll do some last thoughts so any uh any any closing thoughts closing uh statements before Ben, I'm so proud of you, Ben. Look at I, I, you. You really, I knew you had to live enough once we, I, once we I got just you want, going. I just want to just speak about like to take mushroom and a retreat working with it and in a recreational way. Sure. I guess uh, I know both. And I just wanted to say that it uh, doesn't have the same effect in the brain. Right. So it doesn't work in the same part of your brain. And so, so that's a very, that's a very different experience. That's just what I was wanting to conclude with. Well, that's the first retreat. We had several people tapping into like a collective consciousness sort of seeming thing. Uh, me being one of them. And that's a thing that I don't, I don't typically necessarily understand or 
believe in or struggle understanding the mechanics of uh this retreat there is at least a few there was there's two alien guys on this retreat that's good to get there's good to get a couple of, and when our gay man manifested the rainbow right before the trip yeah that, that, was, that was we had a rainbow maker was, we had was, uh, alien <laughs> spotting so we we had uh, all all sorts of uh, a wide uh, array of of uh, experiences for everyone. Is that were you wanting to say something? Um, yeah. yeah, well, just something small about Ben said about the difference between recreational and um, in a setting. I agree. Um, I guess it's something we were talk more related to something we were talking about earlier, but um, about uh, people thinking they might have to have a bad experience for it to be therapeutic. And yeah, I just wanted to say, I think that having fun and that kind of thing can be therapeutic too, you know, like I, I like playing guitar and like playing music and that can be therapeutic for me. It doesn't, yeah. Tapping you know. into the cosmic joke of all of this existence can be very therapeutic, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> as well. I mean, I've been at the deepest depths of like, what the hell is this? And this is like, feeling like all of human suffering and all like i've been to points where all that i could do was laugh there was like simply no other response uh and and maybe that's just because i'm a comedian and that's my self-defense mechanism but uh but i did feel better afterwards i mean uh uh, life is, uh, life is and has always been a bit of a joke to me sometimes a bad joke sometimes a hilarious joke um, yeah, so much as just allowing ourselves to feel joy, giving ourselves permission to actually just feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, can be quite shocking for some people. But, um, I really just wanted to say that m- most of my most powerful, profound healing and frankly crazy experiences have been whenever I was taking it recreationally, like taking mushrooms recreationally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'll just go for a nice walk in the park. And next thing you know, it's just like utter carnage. And then it's like seemed to be that, yeah, whenever I'm doing things for healing, I have a pretty underwhelming experience. So, um, I just say that you just never know. So I remember <laughs> having, uh, to, to get a, uh, a call from my friend, Mike Kaplan, a very, very funny comedian, one day, uh, I got a call from him when we were living in Boston and he was kind of new to mushrooms and getting, uh, having amazing experiences and getting very excited about them. And one day he called me and was like, uh, Shane? And I'm like, yeah. Hey, what's up, Mike? And he's like, are you me? Am, am I, am I you? I'm like, uh, no, Mike, what are you up to? Um, and, uh, and he's like, so you're not me. I'm like, no, Mike, I'm not you. And, uh, like, you eat some mushrooms, buddy? And, and, uh, and he was, uh, lost and disoriented in the city and having a real struggle, um, with figuring things out. And I was finally able to get him, you know, trying to figure out where he was, look for landmarks. I was finally able to get him to read a couple street signs and was able to then go and pick him up and he was just like sitting on the corner of downtown Boston, but you know, looking like a, a homeless person and, and looking rather uh, concerning. And those are the things that can happen if you, you go out in the wild and, and do them. Not that, uh, you know, I've done mushrooms so many times in my life recreationally. I'm not going to tell you, you shouldn't do them. 
recreationally. Um, I, to be perfectly frank, I think they're, they can be amazing, but knowing, knowing what you're doing and coming and going through trip school first is at, at least a, a good step in the right direction. Um, yeah, and I guess some closing thoughts for me is, uh, I'm not sure what, uh, your listeners are generally, or are they heavily into psychedelics or that's just one of the many categories that they're into. Um, but if there's any listeners who aren't into psychedelics, I would highly, highly recommend you give it a serious look, be skeptical, but do be open to the possibility that psychedelics can be like some of the most special things on this earth, if not the most. I, it doesn't take, it takes an awful lot to pique my interest and get me as wrapped up in anything as I am now with Michael Meditations, but it's psychedelics are truly fascinating and are, they definitely deserve your attention. So. Or try meditation. Start with med. I mean, a lot of people out there are pretty close-minded about even giving meditation a shot, you know. And and if you're not if you're not willing to dip your toes into like sitting quietly and tuning into your breath for ten minutes at a time for a couple of weeks to see if it does anything for you, then maybe you should evaluate how uh, if you're missing out on some opportunities in life because of judgments and fears that you might have. And you know, meditation is also a helpful if not essential tool in integrating the experience as well you know so i mean for me i guess there's there's several things uh i really a couple of things i would like to speak to the one is our uh wall street journal reader who came with his son um you know that is so rewarding to yeah. see this reaching those groups of people psychedelic look at look at where we've come from from the 60s to now and it's it's a beautiful thing it's it's really outstanding to see that these medicines are getting into the populace and have the opportunity to change our medicine our approach to medicine drastically um, so that is really a privilege the other thing i would just want to say is that it's always working with individuals like yourselves in this uh, capacity you included shane um it's just really such a privilege. Every single time I dose uh, with groups, I am just floored by the time the night is over. Uh, what an honor it is to do this work and then to be working with caring and competent individuals like yourself. Um, selves is just, it's everything I've dreamed of, you know, from going from doing this work solo uh, in the States and then now here. So thank you all. And the listeners that came, uh, the listeners that will come, people who listen and don't come, whatever. It's just, this is something that is so special to all of us here. And I know that I can, I'm speaking for everybody when I say it is really an honor to be of service to people in this um, very unique um, and groundbreaking approach to health and wellness. Plus, it's just fun to start a cult. Who knew it could be <laughs> such a delight, you know? Uh, Eric, <laughs> as Eric slaps his forehead, come Leave it to shame. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I have my, my guests each week plug a nonprofit um, of their choice. By the way, any of you are welcome to mention an organization that you like. But Eric, there's something relevant to... Um, uh, to what, what you're doing here. Yeah. I started a nonprofit, uh, in the States. It's called pledge P L E D G. And that stands for psychedelic liberation, education, discipline, and guidance. Uh, and there's a couple of things that we're doing with pledge educating in the U S 
um, advocating. Uh, but primarily what we have started doing in the last few months that is really exciting is raising money uh, to provide psilocybin scholarships to individuals that can come down. When you spoke to diversity, uh, it's pretty obvious in the psychedelic community that there is a lack of diversity. Uh, these plants have not been accessible to the inner city population quite often, um, lower economic uh, individuals. Uh, and so Pledge is uh, sponsoring people to come down. We've brought down so far uh, two individuals from inner city New York that would have otherwise not had um, the opportunity uh, to explore these therapies. And that also is really re- rewarding. So you can go to pledge.org uh, and you can uh, feel free to donate there uh, if you want to sponsor someone completely. You know, it's like around 3000 uh, including airfare. Or you can just, you know, any, any amount is going to help uh, as we, we get far many more applications than uh, we have money coming in to send people. So the need is there, and it's real, uh, and it's really exciting to be providing that to people who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity. Yeah, and uh, for for those of you new to the podcast uh, uh, that are now super interested in this and want to know more about this retreat and and, and psychedelics in particular, uh, Eric and I have recorded two podcasts uh, previously that you can go back through the archives and um, and I also did one right after the last retreat um, with Catherine McLean, um, uh, former uh, John's. Hopkins, uh, psilocybin researcher now doing all sorts of fantastic and amazing work. So you can listen to those as well. Um, I, I think just the first, uh, the first bit of December is when we're doing the next Here We Are podcast. And I, uh, I, I hope to see and, and meet some of you listeners there. I, I would love to, uh, fill it up as uh as soon as possible and maybe even do more of these in the future depending on um you know what the response is and and how much interest we get from you guys so even if it's something that you're you're interested in um please uh you're you're welcome to write me as well but eric has uh very specific information for you if you go to mycomeditations.com to find out more thank you guys for coming on thanks for being uh, awesome to hang out with all week and uh, all of us helping each other it was fantastic thank you listeners for being such wonderful curious people we'll talk with you next week Special thanks to everyone that came out to the retreat. I thought about um, having a bunch of the Here We Are listeners on the podcast uh, to talk about their experience. I didn't want to put anyone on the spot or feel pressure. And, and uh, you know, these are big experiences and, and people were still integrating. And I didn't want someone to potentially share something and, and uh, like really personal and regret it but uh, everyone had a great time and and people did leave testimonials that you can check out at the myco meditations uh website and you can learn more but i do want to thank everyone uh all the listeners that came out my my favorite favorites uh my my new favorite favorites that came out to the myco meditations retreat in jamaica and uh and my new friends as well so uh, we had uh, and if I'm forgetting a person, I'm going to feel so bad. Um, but I think, I think I got you. Uh, we had Zach, Victoria, Ben, John, 
Dan, Sam, uh, Eric, Jack, Matt, Hal, Marsh, Chris, Double Chris. This is a Double Chris retreat. Tim and Mark. Thank you guys. It was so nice to meet all of you and get to know all of you and uh, chat about life and um, and even the performance. Always a little weird performing for a small audience of 20 people in a setting like that. And, but it was, it was, uh, delightful. It was a really fun time and chatting with everyone during integrations and watching everyone's experiences. I'm a little partial. I got to say, seeing, seeing some of the first timers have their experiences was, is, was and is always a treat. Uh, but everyone of all experience levels, it was so great to, Meet all of you, and um, and I, I hope to see you in your respective cities very soon. Um, last little thing, please check out shanemoss.com for show dates, and uh, I'm adding dates all the time, uh, including a, there's a psychedelic conference in Pittsburgh that I'm going to be uh, taking part in and, and doing a show and a talk at. And then also, uh, thanks for the support on Patreon, where I've been trying to add content weekly um, or close to it on Patreon.com. That really helps support me and the Here We Are podcast. So thank you for that. Those of you that listen all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorites. (laughs) 